Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room, and they get that and plenty more. Derrick Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. This is episode 12. Once again, I'm John June. I got my man, Greg Penniman. And Greg, would you believe it's already week three, man? How you doing? Week three. I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited because, you know, a lot of big news. Uh, you know, I'm a Giants fan, as a lot of people know. It's a new era. It's a new day. So I'm ready to get to all the action. Yeah, man. Let's like you you let us off with, with, with that Giants news right there. So let's get right to it. The uh, the New York Giants yesterday uh, have informed Eli Manning that he's not going to be starting this week. Instead, the Giants are turning to uh, first round pick sixth uh, overall Daniel Jones, rookie quarterback out of the University of Duke. Not a basketball player, but it sounds like you like this guy, Greg. Yeah, you know, uh, I just gotta see what he see what he can do. He looked really good in the preseason. Then again, you know, it is preseason, but gotta say one of the best <laughs> preseason performances we've seen in a while from a quarterback. Uh, so I just like the the excitement it brings to the team, the uh, prospects that it brings to, like the hype that it brings to maybe the other players around him, Saquon, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. I think you know. Their stock has got to be looked at and maybe could go up throughout these next coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to see because, uh, you know, rookie quarterbacks, they tend to bring down the offense as a whole. Um, and, you know, it's typically not good for the production of the team. But, you, hey, we'll see because, you know, Eli wasn't great. And, um, you know, that it was not all his fault. But, uh, you know, he's unfortunately – He's not what this team needs right now. They're going in a different direction, and and maybe Daniel Jones is able to make up for some of the 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 deficiencies that this team has. So we'll you know we'll see. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Danny, Danny Dimes, Dimes. As, as you like to call him. But you know we'll see. We'll see what it what it means going forward. Um, another quarterback here in uh, in New York who one's one's near and dear to my heart, uh, Sam Darnold, who's out with mono. He uh, is targeting a week five return. So um, I know that you know. Uh, we saw, we were at the game. We saw Lev Bell killing in this in this you know putrid offense. Um, honestly, he was he was really good. Definitely worth the price of admission. But um, you know, he, this everyone was concerned about this offense and his, what Sam Darnold's absence meant. And now with the team going to Luke Falk, but if Sam Darnold comes back in Week Five and he's healthy and, and you know ready to go, um, then you know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so quick to sell on on Lev Bell there. Yeah, I wouldn't be quick to tell Bell, uh, Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson. Uh, all they have to do is get through this week, and then they have the week four by, if I'm not mistaken. And then, they, yeah, they should be ready to go. Uh, it's He's young, so 
not surprised here well, the, with the quick recovery. Uh, hopefully he comes back ready to go. Yeah, we'll see. Um, another guy who is not coming back anytime soon is uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Seems like he's done for the season with an elbow injury. Um, so you, what do you think? You think this is downgrade for the Steelers offense, Greg? Yeah, definitely. Um, Juju already having a slightly off season. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, you know, Mason Rudolph is going to be there. Uh, I think I don't think it would affect the running back situation as heavily as people might think, but uh, definitely downgrade for Juju. Uh, slight downgrade for maybe Vance a little bit, but um, I think it kind of impacts James Washington a lot. I think um, he's a buy candidate now for me. I think he's going to rise. His stock is going to rise because Mason Rudolph. James Washington, that college connection, they dog in the preseason together. Uh, I think his uh, stock is going to rise a little bit. Yeah, I I think this is good for the for the the running backs, like you said. Um, I think there is a little bit of a downgrade that has to be considered though, uh, because I think these teams that have quarterback situations, and another one we'll get to in a little bit, but um, the mm-hmm. touchdown production goes down on these teams, you know, as well, because these True. teams aren't as good. They're not going to be scoring as much. They're not going to be getting to the red zone and scoring as many points, which means these these running backs probably aren't scoring as many touchdowns, uh, which is a ding to their value in fantasy. Uh, but maybe they do get more opportunities. Uh, maybe they do get, you know, um, you know, more touches and more involved in the game plan to make it a little bit easier with the younger guys especially. Um, but I think we'll right. see that more in the cases of guys like, um, you know, we're in backfields where we have a more talented back, like, like a Saquon Barkley or, or like Alvin Kamara, who's going to be without Drew Brees for the next six weeks, as you know he he's recovering from a successful thumb surgery, which he he had today on Wednesday. Um, so, do you think this the ding to Alvin Kamara? Uh, slightly, but now that you know the Saints are coming out, I think they're going to start running two quarterback sets. So, um, <laughs> be interesting. It's going to be yeah, very interesting to say the least. Uh, I, I I'm I'm thinking. Kamara's definitely still RB1 in my opinion. Uh, I think maybe if he does drop, it's maybe like not a top three, but like a top eight RB now. That's what I kind of see him. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because I'm curious to see if Sean Payton finally decides to unleash Alvin Kamara. Um, Right. You know, we've always talked about this all the time. Alvin Kamara only plays 76% of this backfield's touches, which people think – is a large amount, but when, I mean, obviously, when you compare it to the fifty or sixty percent that he was getting last year, um, you know, it's definitely increased. But when you compare it to to guys like uh, Christian McCaffrey or Le'Veon Bell or you know yep. even Saquon Barkley, um, he's not playing a large percentage of these snaps. So I, I would I would love to see Alvin Kamara get more snaps, get him more touches, um, and maybe that's the way that the Saints team continues to to win football games because as we saw. They weren't great with Teddy Bridgewater in there, and I don't know how how good they'll be. They'll continue to be. Um, I, I the thought of Taysom Hill in a two quarterback offense definitely intrigues me. Um, if you were in a super flex league, I would I would definitely um, keep Taysom Hill on my radar because he's definitely something Absolutely. that would be interesting. Uh, moving forward, though, uh, you know some quarterbacks that have some some good matchups. Uh, Josh Allen, somebody that. You said he's available in sixty three percent of leagues, right? Uh yeah, he's sixty three or sixty eight, I think believe the number is in Yahoo yeah, leagues. So sixty three percent available in leagues. Um this is somebody who 
I touted all offseason as a sleeper. He was he was getting disrespected all through drafts. Um, but it sounds like people are starting to see the light on Josh Allen here, Greg. Yeah, I'm on board. I picked him up last week in one of my leagues to stream him, and I'm keeping him on my roster now. Uh, he's definitely, I think, a buy candidate. He just has a, a solid floor, like you were saying. All those points you brought up when he, you mentioned him as your QB sleeper, um, it's coming to fruition here. He's on a, he got a bed, better talent around him. John Brown is doing so well with that offense. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think he's a guy, he's going to finish, I guess, I, I think as a top 12 quarterback. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's hard not to with that with that rushing floor that Josh Allen provides. Um, you know, I just, again, the thing with Josh Allen that always is going to continue to scare me is, is his ability as a passer, but he's gotten better in that department. And, you know, I, I as much as I rag on Josh Allen, you know, I literally laughed out loud when the Bills drafted him. Um, but, you know, he's he's gotten better as a passer. He's, he's still a little bit inconsistent, but the rushing ability is, is too hard uh, to pass up. Uh, and, you know, we've seen what that's done for guys like Lamar Jackson already. So um, we'll see what that does going forward. But somebody who has a good a good matchup this weekend is Matt Stafford, Greg. Um, what, do you, what do you make of this, this yeah. matchup he's got? Yeah, this is a really good matchup. The Eagles, uh, I believe they allow the like, number one points to wide receivers. Uh, so this is a prime matchup for Matt Stafford. Um, if you're one of those Drew Brees owners or Big Ben owners and you need a quarterback to get, uh, I think Matt Stafford is a good stream for the week. Um, yeah, against the Eagles, well, a banged-up Eagles. So you, you're going to have to hopefully see them try to put up points to match up with the the Lions. It could be a little uh, shootout maybe here. Yeah, um, another place we could potentially see a shootout is the Chargers and the Houston Texans. And so you think Phillip Rivers is a good start this week? Uh, yeah, I also think Phillip Rivers is a good start. He's always a fringe QB1 guy. Um, I think if you're in that situation where you had need a QB, go get Phillip Rivers. He's on 80%, 86% of Yahoo leagues, so he might not be out there, but uh, he's also a good guy maybe you want to trade for if that you can not, you know, use get, give everyone away to get. Uh, maybe Phillip Rivers is probably like someone that is their second quarterback on another roster, so maybe you can get him for cheap. Yeah, that would be a definitely a good move to get to, to make because Phillip Rivers is someone that's always – for whatever reason, under undervalued in fantasy, even though he's he's one of the most uh, efficient quarterbacks um, in the NFL as a passer, so that's always odd to me. Um, someone that you know seems like you're you're back you're back on this this train again, Greg. Uh, <laughs> you're you're recommending Jameis Winston as a play this week. I have to. I just I just have to. I I, uh, I told everyone to go get Josh Allen to stream him as a quarterback because of his matchup against my Giants. Secondary is just as bad as the Eagles, if not worse. Um, and Jameis Wilson is going against the Giants this week. A very good matchup. So juicy. Uh, me, personally, I think I'm not going to play him because, you know, when I don't play him, he probably does better, which he did do better in week two. So I think the people should go out and start Jameis Winston if they need a quarterback in this situation. Yeah, um, I mean, redraft. If you, if desperate times call for desperate measures, you got to break that emergency glass. Um, go ahead and do it. DFS, uh, it might be a, it might be a nice play because really no one's gonna want to play him. Um, but yeah, I you know you know what you're what you what what you're going in for when you when you insert Jameis in your starting lineup. Um, all right, man, let's move forward. You know some some injuries happened today. Um, I, I think 
you know, the Philadelphia Eagles look like they, they had to cancel practice today. They didn't have enough bodies out there, Greg. <laughs> practice? Don't talk about practice. Talk about practice? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it looks like they, they had to cancel practice. They had too many injuries. Uh, Deshaun Jackson looks like he's missing two weeks with an abdominal strain. Alshon Jeffries week to week with a strained calf. Um, so who are the primary beneficiaries of, of these injuries, Greg? Yeah, AI would be proud that they took off practice today. They needed it. Um, yeah, Carson Wentz is banged up too. If the guys you're looking for, uh, after Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, who are both probably not going to play this week, Nelson Aguilar, he came up huge uh, in that game. He did drop, I would think, the potential game-winning touchdown pass, but um, he, he did pretty well, had 11 targets, one touchdown in that expanded role against the Falcons on Sunday night. Um, so he's a guy to look forward uh, look for. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, your guy, the guy you've been talking about for a couple weeks now, played in 93% of the snaps in week two when after those injuries. Um, he had four targets. And I think Mac Hollins, he's not a guy to sleep on as well. He played in 85% of the snaps, so he'll probably be out wide with Arcega. Uh, and he had eight targets, more more targets than Arcega-Whiteside, five receptions for 50 yards. So those three guys I think you got to keep an eye on. I, if I had to prioritize them, I think Aguilar's first. Uh, because of the talent, I think Arcega – People think I say he's the better prospect, so I would put him there. But that target number for Matt Collins, I don't think, is a fluke. So I think it will be involved as well. Yeah, in I this think game. I think we just have to look at it in in relative to what their roles, what there's, what they're being asked to do within the offense, right? Like, I think right. Matt Collins is definitely the Deshaun Jackson replacement. Um, when you look at the amount of air yards, I know we were looking at it the other day. I don't have the numbers here quite in front of me, um, but. He was he essentially replaced the the deep threat role within that offense the minute Deshaun Jackson left. Mm-hmm. Um, Artega Whiteside or Jay Jaws as as we as we gonna call him going forward. This man is the Alshon Jeffrey replacement. I'm convinced. Um, you know, similar style of player. Um, if it wasn't for the extension Alshon got just now, I would have thought that you know Alshon would be this would be his last year in Philly. I think Nelson Aguilar is just mm-hmm. continuing to play that slot role. Um, he's going to continue yep. to play that. I think this what this comes down to though is a, is a sense of of who Frank Reich is more comfortable with as or sorry not Frank Reich, Doug Peterson um, is more comfortable with calling these plays to you know and who Carson Wentz is more comfortable with throwing the ball to. And when you ask those two questions, the first thing the first thing that immediately pops in my head is Zach Ertz. So I think Zach Ertz is right. the largest beneficiary of this. Obviously, he doesn't play wide receiver. Um, he plays tight end. Um, but Dallas Goddard's also also was also banged up in this game. So um, the tight end targets are are really just going to be belong to Zach Ertz. This this is a guy with a twenty seven percent target share. So um, I I don't see how that's going to change. He had sixteen targets last game. Yeah, I was just about to say, I couldn't, yeah, 16 yeah. targets is just yeah. alarming. It's such a good number. He's the best pass catcher on the team. Yeah, so exactly. Regardless of who's, so. yeah, with Alshon and Deshaun on there too. Yep, so exactly. So, I don't know, we'll see how that goes going forward. Um, I think, um, hopefully, I'll, I, as a Miles Sanders owner, I would like to see this bode well for Miles Sanders. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later in the week as we get closer to the matchup. Uh, one matchup we're focused yep, on, yep. though, the Tennessee Titans are traveling to Jacksonville, Florida, take on the Jacksonville Jags. Ooh. This is a 39.5 point over-under. Tennessee is 1.5 point favorites <laughs> on the road. What do we got, Greg? 
Man, this sounds like the game of the year, don't you think, yo? AFC South. Yeah, yo. I mean, <laughs> relative to previous Thursday night games, guess you could make that argument. <laughs> um, yeah, this is not going to be pretty at all. The AFC South, we know how these games go. I believe the final score that that uh, Jags um, Texans game was pretty it was low as well. Thirteen to twelve. Uh, yep, thirteen to twelve. I'm I'm uh, thinking it's not going to be a lot different here, so I'm taking the under in this game. Um, I'm also take, picking the Titans to win uh, on the road. I think they're just a better team. You know, if Nick Foles is here, I, I think the Jaguars will probably get this win. But the defense is, for the Jags is struggling. Jalen Ramsey wants to trade. Uh, there's a lot of things going wrong right now with the Jags. Um, so my keys mostly, who wins that line of scrimmage? Who's going to dominate as far as the running backs? Because they're going to be very active in this game. We know the Titans are a run-heavy offense. Um so Derrick Henry versus Leonard Fournette, who still has no touchdowns, by the way, no Leonard Fournette. So we, I expect them to both step up in this game uh, and, um, and see who, who wins that matchup. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game from a, um, like you touched on, the line of scrimmage is going to be very key in this game. Um, but I'm curious to see how my man Gardner Minshew is going to stand up to Mike Vrabel. Um, this Titans defense is, is really good. Um, they're mm-hmm. one of the tops in the league. Uh, and and you know they they don't they don't let you score, and and they don't let you um, you know move the ball down the field, um, and it fits perfectly in terms of what their what their offense wants to do. They want to control the clock. They want to control the ball. They want to run the ball down your throat. Um, so you know this defense and this offense fit perfectly together. Um, so I, I want to see what you know what. Mike Vrabel and Dean Peace, the defensive coordinator for Tennessee, what they what they got cooking up for, for Jacksonville and, and Gardner Minshew. Uh, this Jacksonville team, man, they're not afraid. Even with a rookie quarterback, um, you know they're still they're twentieth in the league in pass attempts with sixty six. Uh, they throw the ball a ton, uh, five hundred twenty five yards, uh, in in the last two games combined, uh, and and then he's they're eighth in yards per attempt with eight and a half. So they're throwing the ball down the field. They're testing you. Um, so I'm curious to see how this defense is going to react because this defense that they got all they got after Baker, um, you know, Indianapolis they don't they don't throw the ball like like they did uh, two years ago or last year rather, uh, but they got after Indian uh, Indianapolis as well even though Indianapolis ends up winning that game, um, but yeah I, I, I'm really I'm really curious to see how this how this one pans out like you said Leonard Fournette no rushing touchdowns I want to see if if they can. They can get that that engine going for this offense. Yeah, for sure. And then on the the pass catching side, um, talk about all those like yards per play. Hopefully, DJ Shark is getting that. Hopefully, DD Westbrook is uh getting that as well. DJ Shark up from to nine targets in week two, up from week four, um, four targets in week one. So you like to see that increase. Uh, you only he guys a tough matchup this week, but I think you know um, he should be okay going forward throughout the year. Uh, and D.D. Westbrook, I'm really looking at him. Uh, it's it's a, a tough road for so far. Uh, first game was pretty well. Second week, not so great. Um, I'm interested in him, see how he's going to respond. Yeah, Corey, Corey Davis, uh, is. I don't think he's a Titans number one receiver anymore. Um, A.J. Brown's, you know, I mean, it's an 18% target share versus Corey Davis's 16% target share. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I just, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a confidence issue with, with Corey Davis. Um, 
don't but know, man. This, I, this guy was highly, three years now. Yeah, it was highly year. touted. He was a fifth overall pick um, back in back in 2017. Um, so you know, this is a guy that was a lot was a, a lot was expected of, and um, it just we just haven't really seen it come to fruition. Um, but you know, like you were talking about before on the Jacksonville side, you know, these receivers, DJ Shark, you know, he leads this team target share not by a wide, a wide margin. He's got 19.7. And again, the guys, this is according to PlayerProfiler.com. Um, DJ Shark's got 19.7% target share versus Chris Conley's 18.2 versus D.D. Westbrook's 16.7. So these three guys, um, it's pretty much equal amongst the three of them. Um, D.D. Westbrook's still playing that uh, 81% of his snaps in the slot. Um, but, you know, DJ Shark, he's the down-the-field threat. Um, he even, you know, is working the short to intermediate stuff too. So I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm not going to start. I want to start him against this Titans defense unless I really have to. Yeah, I agree. Um, this Titans defense, they they smother, they smother receivers. Um, so I, you know, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, rush DJ Shark out there into my lineups. But um, Marquise, uh, Marquise Lee's back in practice too. Uh, so he's gonna be a name to pop up. Uh, I really don't want Marquise season. Lee on this field <laughs> because why? Like, why do I want to take Marquise Lee? Put Marquise Lee on the field to take off DD Westbrook, DJ Shark. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. like yep. Marquise Lee is gonna have to play. Like, am I gonna put D.D. Westbrook out wide to put Marquise Lee in the slot? Right, because he's another speedy guy. You kind of want in that slot area. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I I, I just kind of hope. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, I hope he he gets healthy and stuff. But maybe, maybe a team comes calling for a receiver or something. I don't know. Um. But what about you know what about this this Titan side, man? I mean, this um this running game. You know, Derrick Henry. Uh, he was my bust. He's making me eat my words. Finishing as a as a top twelve running back two weeks in a row. Um, yeah, man. How do you see him finishing in this in this matchup against Jacksonville? Uh, I I like it a lot. Um, you know, so he's currently RB three in fantasy. Um, he's going against Jacksonville, who you know the Chiefs did pretty well. Shady, both Shady and uh, Damian Williams did pretty well against him in week one, and then in week two. Carlos Hyde got the 20 touches, and he ran pretty well as well. So uh, this Jacksonville defense is not your you know, defense of two years ago or, or even last year. I think it's a vulnerable run, rush defense. I think Derrick Henry is going to have another strong game. Yeah, this Jacksonville defense is definitely vulnerable on the ground. Um, they, they're they not the, te- the tight, like you said before, they're not the Jacksonville defense that they used to be. Um, this they're, they're beatable on the ground. They're beatable even through the air. Um, so the thing is, the thing with this Titans offense is, you know what they're going to do, you know, Um, right. They're going to, they're going to run that ball. They're, they're they're second to last in pass attempts. They're 27th in pass yards. Um, so they, they want to run the ball and, and they're going to line up and they're going to try to do it. They're going to line up in eye formation. Marcus Mariota, he's really good at at getting them in and out of, in and out of good runs, uh, well, in the good runs out of bad runs. Um, so, you know, he, he's very valuable in that sense too. Is, is, I mean, he's a true game manager in every sense of the word. Um, but he's, he's, he's very integral in that part of trying to get them into good, into good run plays. And Derrick Henry just has to, he has to get going. Um, and this Jacksonville defense, um, I haven't, uh, to be honest, haven't seen a lot of them play a ton. Uh, just watch that one game against Kansas city, which really isn't a great showing, but, they they played much better against Houston, 
uh, where they were able to hold that hold that offense to uh, to just 13 points on the day, um, and just one touchdown, uh, you know, a rushing touchdown by Deshaun Watson. But um, yeah, they like the. I'm curious to see if if they can bully if this Titans deep offensive line can bully this Jacksonville defense, because uh, they yep. got at, they wore down the Colts even though the Colts end up winning this game. Um, I didn't be completely honest, didn't get to see the whole game, but I did watch every one of Derrick Henry's touches from this game. Um, he, he 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 as the game wore on, he was able to bully these these Colts defenders. Um, and and that's the thing about Derrick Henry. He's so big. Once you get into the third, the fourth quarter, you know you don't want to keep yep. hit. You don't want to keep running into a two hundred and fifty pound man. You know that's exactly what happened in the Browns game. Uh, they were just close, and then in the third quarter, like it just started wearing them yeah, down. Yeah, and so that's why. I mean, I haven't made my pick yet, but uh, so I'm picking Tennessee to win. Um, I, you know, I picked them last week, but I'm going to pick them to win. I'm going to pick them to cover. If this game is close, the way this defense is playing, uh, the way the Jacksonville. Um, defense is playing itself. I think that uh, Tennessee will be able to run the ball, uh, keep this close, be able to run the ball. Um, I'm going to take the under because uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Jackson Jacksonville is going to have to score to make this game go over, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I would yeah. like to see Leonard Fournette get Leonard Fournette get in the end zone. Um, you know, John D. Filippo creative on the offensive side, so maybe he tries to get. Uh, Leonard Fournette involved in the pass game, but you know we'll see. Um, are you starting Delaney Walker? Oh, of course, Delaney Walker is the most reliable pass catcher on that team, week in and week out. Uh, if I if I'm trust someone to start as a pass catcher on the Titans, it's Delaney. All right. Every week. Well, um, you got a you got a bold prediction for us, Greg? What's going on, man? You gotta. Uh, so we were talking about Fournette. I think I think uh, I think Fournette gets in the end zone this week. That's what that's, so what, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm, think my guard, my man Gardner Minshew. Hmm. Mm, I can't. I can't even do that. I can't even do it because I really don't. I really this Titans defense is too good. Like I can't even put any evil on them. Yeah. I can't. It's too yeah. good. <laughs> it's too good. Like I, I was bad as I want Gardner Minshew to be successful. It's not gonna happen. Um, not not not, not this, this week, week at least. Not I this don't week. Know. It's not gonna happen. As bad as I wanted to. Uh man, bold prediction. Um, Marcus Mariota throws two touchdown passes. Ooh, okay. I'll right? take that. That's bold enough. I'll take that. Yeah, that's that's bold enough okay. for sure. That's bold. <laughs> it's like a quarter of a season right yeah, there for him. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, new career high. <laughs> um. No, okay. All right, yeah. No, that was good, man. So, uh yeah, let's let's move on. We got a a new segment that we we going we going to test it out today. Um called Trust It or Trash It. Right? So, this is where we going to mm-hmm. take we, we know these coaches are liars. They lie to Straight us all the time. Man. And we we need to it's decipher crazy. what news can we trust. You know, cuz we get a we get a, a headline or an alert or something. You know, nowadays we can't, we don't know what to trust and what and what to trash. So, we're gonna help you. We're gonna help run through that with you guys, and 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 maybe you guys can, uh, maybe you guys might have other opinions. You tweet them at us, or hit us up on Instagram. Uh, let us know at FF Diagnostics. But first one, uh, first one we got today, uh, Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay, uh, Buccaneers head coach, 
says in regards to OJ Howard, the balls will come. Do you trust it or trash it, Greg? Ah oh, man, this is a a tough one here because, uh, but I, I I think I think I'm a I'm a trash this yeah I'm a, I'm a trash that yeah he they, he was saying, um you know we don't like force it to anyone we take what the defense gives us, uh I think that this is gonna be a really good game for Evans Mike Evans and Chris Goblin the receivers outside perimeter guys because the Giants are not great against them they're horrible against those players. Uh, I think OJ Howard gets a target, though. I think he gets at least <laughs> a couple of targets in this game. It's the bold prediction. But I don't think it's going to be – yeah, I don't think it's going to be one of those games where you're going to say OJ Howard's back. Um, so I'm going to trash that. Yeah, I'm going to trash that, too. Um, I don't know, man. It's just this is, this is a, this is who Bruce Arians is. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know why, why I feel the need to – to believe that he's going to do something different, you know he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't utilize the tight end, right? Um, when he did, it was Ben Roethlisberger and Heath Miller. And we all know Big Ben just does whatever the hell he wants anyway. So how do we know it wasn't just Big Ben throwing to the tight end? You know, but right. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I. I. It's if you're a OJ Howard. Well, I didn't mean to say that. If you're OJ Howard, fantasy owner. <laughs> um then yeah i mean i would be concerned i wouldn't buy this i would definitely trash it i would like we talked about on the last pod i'll go find me will disley um you know jason witten uh tyler eifert mm-hmm. greg, greg olson, olson got picked up he, for about yeah in our league if he's still available you know go get greg olson um but yeah i would i would definitely be concerned um if i'm an oj howard owner but yeah i'm gonna trash that so moving forward, we got is Juju Smith Schuster will he be a wide receiver one going forward? So if I'm gonna say if I'm trashing that, that means he's not gonna be a wide receiver one. That is what you would be saying. Yep, as they say in Spanish, trash basura. I'm trashing it, man. I don't. I don't think what Juju's the guy that you wanted to draft in the second round. Um, one because he wasn't that guy with Big Ben, and I don't see how it would improve with now Mason Rudolph. Um, I talked about earlier, it would probably help James Washington a little more, but I don't see James. Wa- I mean, Juju getting you the double-digit target numbers, the uh, hundred yards receptions, uh, or a touchdown like he used to do. Um, I remember he had a long streak of 110 reception, uh, receiving yards or a touchdown in about like five or six straight games. I don't think I'm, you're going to see that for a lot of games this year. Um, yeah, I, I hate to say it because I love Juju as a player. He's an excellent player. I just think the situation this year is not as good for him. Defenses are locked in on him because they know he's the number one guy. Uh, yeah, he's not the top end wide receiver one you drafted. Yeah, that's disappointing because um, – Big time Juju guy, uh, you know I was I was yeah. a big time Martavis Bryant guy, you know all about giving people second chances. That I, I originally wasn't a Juju guy because I just was stealing all the shine from my guy from Martavis Bryant. But I eventually saw the light. Juju's Juju is is everything, but not this year, man. I don't know. Like you alluded to before, um, you know he wasn't that guy before Big Ben. You know, we're used to we we were all expecting Juju Smith Schuster to, to take over this mantle as the Pittsburgh Steelers number one top receiver, 
from Antonio Brown. We were anticipating we were going to get, you know, target shares in the 28%. Um, but that's not what we're getting. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster's got a 19.8 target percent, uh, target uh, mm-hmm. target share. Uh, that's, you know, in line with guys like DJ Shark, Devontae Parker, Danny Amendola, Curtis Samuel. That's less than guys like Jarvis Landry, Terry McLaurin, Cole Beasley, John Ross, Tyrell Williams. It's like wide receiver four category. And, and so it's like, you know, Juju was getting drafted at the end of the first round. Um, you know, the, the, the top to middle of second. And, you know, even without Big Ben, we weren't getting that number. And now even with Big Ben, we aren't getting that number. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely be it's definitely concerning. If I'm if I'm a Juju Smith Schuster, if I'm a Juju Smith Schuster owner, I'm, I, I, would, I, would, I would I guess I would be selling. I I it sucks to say it, but I guess I'm selling. Yeah, I mean, he had eight targets in week one, eight targets in week two. He hasn't got the ten. Number even yet. even if even if ben, if Big Ben was around, I'd be able to convince myself that I I want to I want to keep Juju, or I even want to buy Juju where I don't have him. Right. Because I'm, you know, eventually you would think that, hey, you know, this target share is going to come around. You know, him and Big Ben, they have that chemistry that Big Ben usually establishes with his receivers. Um, you know, and and it'll come to fruition. But I can't even rely on that. You know, who's to say that, you know, James Washington's not going to be uh, Mason Rudolph's number one target. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to trash it too, man. As much as I as much as I hate to do it, I'm gonna have to trash it. Um another guy, I guess we you know, we kinda touched on it before, but will Alvin Kamara be a top eight running back going forward? Yeah, I trust that. I'm not you know, I'm not even gonna fa- be phased by that, Alvin Kamara. I just think his talent, you know, overrides any situation he's in. He's just a stud of a player. Plus he's a running back, so I think the carries will be there still. I think Latavius Murray does get a little more work, but uh, I think they rely on the run game more. I think they get him more active in the pass game, like those dump-offs uh, out the backfield. I think you see a lot more of those for Alvin Kamara because those are easy plays for quarterbacks to make, and you want to get quarterbacks in a rhythm, so you want to you know get those easy dump-offs first and stuff like that. So I, I trust Alvin Kamara is going to be there. Um, I'm holding on to him. Um, people sending me trade offers. I'm not. I'm not letting go, of my man. Alvin Kamara, come on, man. Yeah, man. It's 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 um. To me, it all comes down to what is what is Sean Payton gonna do? You know, is Sean Payton right. gonna? Is he gonna feed his? Is he gonna feed his his alpha dog, or is is he just gonna go to this you know committee to run it back offense and um continue to split the work? But I'm with you, man. I trust it. I think the talent's too good. Uh, I think this guy, uh, he's he, whenever he's on a football field, he's he's one of the best players on it. So he's too good not to make plays. Uh, I, I yeah, I have to, I have to trust that man. Yeah. Um, we got anything else? Is this, I feel like. Am I... Oh man, hashtag free Aaron Jones, yo Matt Lafleur, yo talk about Jamal oh, Adams yeah. again, yeah, yo yeah we got again. yeah nah, we got to touch on that um. So Matt LaFleur said he wants to even up the touches between Aaron Jones and Jamal oh Williams. Gosh, man. Are you trusting this or are you trashing it? I have I have to trust it. I just cuz historically Aaron Jones just doesn't get the ball no matter how <laughs> how good he plays or anything like that. I just I feel like I have to pay attention to what he said 
Um, they just want to get Jamal Williams more involved. I, I don't know. It's just they don't they don't want to free my man Aaron Jones. Yeah, this has got to be disappointing. I, I thought that with with Mike McCarthy going out the door, so would the love fest for Jamal Williams. But it will just not go away, <laughs> and I don't. It won't. I don't it won't. get it. I don't understand it. Jamal Williams. Just, can we just? I, you know what? Like I just love to see him get traded. You know, um, yeah, why can't he go be the new Alfred Blue? You know, and replace Carlos Hyde in in, in Houston. You know, he'd be perfect for that. You know, great, he'd be perfect. But no, we have to see him here mm-hmm. get taking touches away from the explosive Aaron Jones, who went off for twenty three and a buck sixteen against the 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 vaunted Minnesota Vikings defense. So yeah, what with the added four receptions for thirty four yards, like, this man yards. had a great game. Like, but why, instead, I, don't I have to. I, I have did to, not not earn. And him. you know what? I'm. Mm, you know, I'm gonna. Or did you trust this or trash it? I you trusted it. it for the sake yeah. of being different and the sake of maybe karma. I'm a, I'm gonna trash it. I'm gonna trash it. I'm gonna hope. I'm hope I you're hope right. That Matt Lafleur. <laughs> I feel like maybe he's got to be trolling us on this one. You know. Um, I'm just going to I'm just going to go there, you know? Maybe maybe that's it. I'm just, you know, he you know, uh Aaron Jones got 20 27 touches in this one. That wasn't even um he made it almost made seem like he made an effort not to make it even. So, I'm just going to see if that hope that he continues on that trend. Cuz why would he go back? Yeah, I just I just want 15 a game. That's all I really want. Nah, 15 want, 20. Give me, eight, give me like cool. 18, 18 carries and like three eight. receptions. 18 carries, okay, like three yeah, I like four that, receptions, that. and I'll be happy. Yeah. Okay, word, word. Yeah, that's a good number. All right. To be that that top RB2 that we want. No, yeah. exactly. Most definitely. Okay, so, oh, yo. Okay, two things that we didn't touch on, and then we'll we'll mm-hmm. end it right here. Two things we didn't touch on. We touched on the quarterbacks. We touched on injuries. Cam Newton um, didn't practice today, and word out of Carolina is that Kyle Allen is going to be start, the starting quarterback this week. So to, how do you feel about this? This Carolina offense, you know, we, we talk about Christian McCaffrey, we talk about DJ Moore, we talk about, um, yeah, this is from Ian Rappaport. Curtis, He's yeah. saying that uh, Cam Newton's in a walking boot and is trending towards not playing week three, and Kyle Allen is shaping up as that a team starting quarterback. Not, that is not good at all, definitely. Um, he didn't have zero pass. He still has zero passing touchdowns, but I don't think, you know, I still think it's going to be a negative impact of him not being in the offense. Um, especially for, you know, Curtis Samuel, I think. DJ Moore might be used to talking about he's a very safe player um, in his routes and stuff. His passes are like a possession receiver type, so he, I think he'll still be very involved. Christian McCaffrey literally does everything for the team already, so I can't see how it's going to go up or down. He's still going to be there 100% of the time. I don't think I'm worried about Christian McCaffrey as much, but just the offensive general is, is going to go down um, – and who are the Carolina Panthers playing this week? Oh, they play Arizona. That's right. They got they actually have a pretty good matchup against Arizona. They do have a pretty good matchups, especially for tight ends. Uh, I believe Arizona is one of the yeah, like the, worst yeah, teams against definitely. tight ends. So, yeah, it's good. It's gonna be tough. I'm not looking forward to an offense without Cam. He got dropped in our league today in the league of extraordinary people. Yeah, so. that's. I mean, I I understand because we it's all about context, guys. But the, you know, we have to remember the the. The person that dropped, you know, Jill's team is a little bit different. You know, her, <laughs> she needs help at a lot of other positions other than quarterback. So that was the least of her worries was dropping Cam Newton. 
Um, but again, you know, if your you know if your league is could, depending on what your league is is like, you know, maybe you might have to uh, hold on to him. Yeah, uh, this is this is a little bit concerning. Um, I'm less concerned for guys like you like you touched on. Um, I'm a little bit more concerned for Curtis Samuel. Um, his yeah. targets are a little bit deeper down the field, but then again, Cam wasn't hitting those anyway, so. <laughs> He, he so was he was is, missing them. So does, he had twelve so targets. How do, and four how do receptions. we know Kyle Allen is not an upgrade in this in this situation versus the Cam we were getting? No, that would that'd be disrespectful to Cam. But um, no, in yeah. all seriousness, Cam was not playing well. Um, I don't know if that was due to injury. Um, you know, if, if it was due to the the shoulder before the foot. Um, but you know, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't playing well. And Kyle Allen last year in a game against the New Orleans Saints, um, he had a 59% completion percentage, 16 of 27, 228 yards, two passing touchdowns. He had a 111 quarterback rating. He had a 8.4 yards per attempt, and he ran for a touchdown that day. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, not a bad outing. Um, he was. It was definitely respectable. Uh, seems as if. Uh, actually, I could pull up the box score to see who the leading receivers were that day. Um, we could get an idea from the Carolina side. Um, well, that oh Christian McCaffrey barely played this game, but I, I don't know if you remember. Um, Carolina was out of the playoffs at this point, right? And um, they they pretty much essentially just you know held Christian McCaffrey out in this one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, in terms of the. I th- in terms of receivers, DJ Moore, he had eight targets in this one, four catches, eighty-one yards. Um, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, I don't see why. Had two. It Curtis doesn't. Samuel had two catches for uh, on four targets for seven seventy-two yards and a touchdown. The mm-hmm. most targeted player in this one was um, Ian Thomas, who actually plays tight end. He actually stepped in to play tight end for for Greg Olson last year while he was out with the foot. Go. So he had five catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. So maybe Greg Olson um, might be the most uh, leaned on player in, in from a passing game standpoint for Kyle Allen in this one. But uh, yeah, I think, I, you know, in a matchup like this, I think DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel might actually still be usable. I really do. Um, you know, DJ Moore, I would start him because like we said, the targets are safe. Um, Curtis Samuel may be a little bit risky, but um, if you're in a pinch, I would I would go out and start him. Um, I'm starting him in the League of Extraordinary People. My decision came down to um, DJ Shark or or Curtis Samuel, and um, you know I'm going with Curtis Samuel. I just think the matchups the matchups better, um, and I'm, I don't really want to tie tie my hands to a rookie quarterback on Thursday Night Football. So um, we'll see how that goes for me. But yeah, anything else you want to add on that front, Greg? Uh yeah, I think you hit it on a nod there. Um, Cam not being in, not good. We'll see how that situation plays out. If he can be able to come back uh, in the following weeks. Yeah. Um, another person who's injured. Um, and this is the last thing that we'll touch on tonight. Uh, seems as if Damian Williams uh, did not practice today with a knee injury, and um, oh, man. Shady McCoy. The last I saw was he was going to try to practice. I don't know what the I don't know what the outcome of that of that was if he if he made it through practice or not. Did you catch wind of that, Greg? Uh, I'm not. Yeah, the last thing I saw was that I tried to practice. Maybe one of those load management management situations. Um, but your boy Darren Thompson's back on the radar for that 
Yeah, no, Darwin Thompson, um, definitely back on the radar. Actually, looks like, looks like Shady didn't practice today. Yeah, he was absent from practice Wednesday. You're right. Yeah, he was out of practice. Um, so you know, we kind of we we were going over the the stats, you know, off the air before, but um, you know, this Baltimore Kansas City plays Baltimore. Um, you know, this Baltimore defense gives up one point eight yards per carry. Um, so clearly the, you know, teams aren't really getting a lot on them. That's tops in the league. Um, would you, how would you feel comfortable starting Darwin Thompson this weekend against, against this, this vaunted, uh, Baltimore defense? Me, I probably, he's definitely a, a top, like one, a good ad for your bench, but I don't think I would go ahead and start him. Oh, I think that's where I think I would start him. <laughs> I think him. so. I mean, just. Just yeah. on a high, this game is gonna have this game has a fifty five point over under. Um, I think yeah. it's the highest. I think that's the highest over under on this on the entire on the entire weekend or the entire slate. So, um, you know, just to get a piece of that action, a piece of that backfield would be to to pass that up. I mean, if Damian Williams was playing, I feel like we'd be playing him. If Lashawn McCoy was playing him, was playing, I feel like we'd be playing him. Um. So I, I think we have to play Darwin Thompson if he's if that's he, true. I, I'm forgetting the golden rule about having a post. <laughs> I'm forgetting that. Yeah, I mean, look, man, and, and we we talk, you know we talk about Pat Mahomes a lot, but you know, got, got a lot of credit has to go to Andy Reid, man. You know, he's one of the greatest yep. play callers of our generation of our decade. Um, and and I I anticipate it's a 52 point over under by the way, but that still is the highest on the weekend. Um, but yeah, I anticipate that. You know he's gonna make plays. I, I I don't really I'm not really I don't really get too concerned with the matchup when it comes to him. You know, so if they're gonna be you know score if they're gonna be scoring points, uh, gotta imagine Darwin Thompson at least gets a piece of that, especially if he's the especially if he's the only back available to play. Um, you know, this offense already missing Tyree Kill. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would yeah I would I I know I picked him up in the league. I have him in a, in a couple other ones. I was able to hold on to him in a keeper league. So, um, yeah, if Darwin if Darwin Thompson plays, I, I know I, I don't have better options in, in the one league I picked him up because Marlon Mack supposedly injured. Um, I think he, they, he might play. Uh, if he doesn't, Jordan Wilkins would be the name to watch there. I think as the as the early as the early down back. Um, but if 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 Marlon Mack is banged up, I'm gonna go with Darwin Thompson. Uh, no no reason why not. I just see no reason not to. But yeah, in that case, yeah, I, I probably would start him in your situation. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if you guys have better options, right? You go in a different direction. But you know, that's what this is all about. We try to sort sort through all this stuff as best we can. We give you the advice that we're actually using ourselves. Again, we appreciate you guys for listening. Thanks for taking all the time out of your day to subscribe, rate, and review. If you haven't done that already, please do. Again, we're live, Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, at FF Diagnostics. Um, yeah, DM us your questions, email us, football.fantasydiagnostics at gmail.com. And uh, anything else you want to add, Greg? No, uh, thanks to the people as always. Um... Let's get right to week three. Um, I'm, I'm ready. I'm trying to go undefeated this week in all six of my leagues, yo. Seven, seven, Oof. seven. That's a, that's, a, that's a great feat. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
All right, y'all. Well, again, good luck this good luck this weekend. Good luck tomorrow night. We'll be back. Uh, we'll drop another episode Saturday. If you haven't noticed, our new our schedule is pretty much set. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Be on the lookout for us. Fantasy football diagnostics. We got you covered all season long. All right. We out. Peace. We out.